I want to thank you for the invitation to speak brief, briefly with you today, emphasis on brief, knowing that uh, we're coming up to lunch period. We have classes this afternoon that many of you have uh, sat through my father's chapel homilies, uh, which might not be described as brief. Uh, I've taken the liberty of writing down what I want to say so that I can be, you know, 10-minute precise uh, about an issue in our Christian community that weighs on my thoughts. So I want to talk about calling, both in the personal and the, and the collective sense. Um, and when I understood that uh, a number of visiting people are coming to visit Tyndale to consider uh, coming here, I shaped some of what I, what I was thinking about here uh, for you. Uh, there's no question about my family's commitment to Christian higher education. I, too, am a, gra- a graduate of, of Christian universities. I did my BA at Trinity Western University and my master's degree at Regent College, both in Vancouver. Since then, however, uh, I believe that my calling has been to work outside both the Christian community and universities. Uh, As Nancy said, I teach full-time at the Capilano University in their film program, and I also teach part-time at Simon Fraser University, UBC, and uh, occasionally here. I'm working on my PhD at a fiercely philosophically secular university in Europe, Uh, And I've worked in film for the past 14 years and produced a number of of films that I would describe as uh, a Christian film for secular audiences. Uh, So what's the the value of a Christian education at a place like Tyndale? The answer is high academic standards, commitment from staff and faculty for excellence, and a quality Christian education in a place where ideas can be safely tested with supportive faculty who not only encourage, but demand your critical thinking. This kind of training isn't something that uh, most students are going to get at other public universities. Critical excellence, uh, this is what we should be striving for in our academics. So what does calling have to do with education? It means that we have a responsibility to it. We can look at it as a gift, but one that comes with a cost. We've all heard sermons interpreting Jesus' parables about the talents and what was expected of those he gave the talents to. Well, I don't want to get down, uh, I don't want you to read too much into the metaphor, um, as, uh, but as followers, followers of Christ called to serve, we would be foolish to, ne- to neglect what we've been given. And when you, expect, when you accept that responsibility, you'll find yourself in situations where you'll be given the opportunity to put your education into practice. This isn't something to be afraid of. It's something you should be excited about. Uh, So do I have a biblical reference for calling? I suppose I should in a chapel. So Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, don't turn to it, it's too brief. Uh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Among other things, we are commanded, called by Jesus, to go and preach the gospel. Much theological thinking and many books have been written on what this might mean. Uh, Personally, it's not a a, uh, a verse that I've cared for. Um, I don't like what Jesus says here because, one, I'm not a preacher. Two, I'm not the kind of extrovert who likes people enough to want to go and uh, commit myself to this task. And just as much as I don't like Jehovah's Witnesses coming to my door, and they seem to be doing that a lot more lately, I don't want to sit unwilling people down and tell them the four spiritual laws. So my choices are are one of three. I can do as Jesus commands. I can ignore it. 
or I can do a her hermeneutic study and hope I can find a way out. <laughs> can you guess where I'm going? If I tried to evangelize, evangelize in, the, in, in places where I teach or to the people in my film community, I would be immediately dismissed. So I don't tell people about my faith. However, and I don't exactly know how they find out, everyone knows of my Christian commitment. I could tell you many examples. Uh, for one brief one, uh, a student of mine from a number of years ago emailed me two months ago saying, you know, I remember you being a Christian. I don't know why I think this, but can I ask you some questions? Uh, we have many discussions in and outside of classrooms about what faith means uh, at, at secular universities. A film theory and philosophy are tied to religious beliefs, so it's a topic I include in my lectures. I talk with colleagues about faith and Christianity very frequently. One of my very favorite people in the world is a lapsed Catholic and, and now committed atheist. We, we trade jabs as often as possible, and the result is a friendship that's based on mutual trust and respect. So how is this tied to teaching the gospel, preaching the gospel? While preaching suggests a constructive intention, uh, I'm, not I'm not tactical about sharing the gospel. I think the best way we can communicate the gospel is simply to be the gospel. Christ's message was not limited to what he said. Therefore, our commission is not exclusive to repeating theological tenets of faith. We're meant to live the gospel. Remember that old camp song, they will know we are Christians by our love? Cheesy as those fireside songs were, or are, still are, I imagine, uh, there's truth to the line. Godliness will be recognized uh, without you having to say anything. Thoughtfulness, integrity, respect will be your witness because they come from love. If we are to be the gospel in the way the, uh, I think we are, in effect, we are preaching the gospel. So it's this responsibility to your education, uh, sorry, it's this that your responsibility to this education uh, can be realized. So let me explain the radical consequences of what it means to be the gospel. A confession of faith is a commitment to the congruent living of the gospel of Christ. Our calling to express, uh, to express the gospel is, uh, in its many uh, forms of witness, requires our faith to be present in public a place we, we often associate with being hostile to the church. Uh, it may be easier to hear me say your job is to live your faith in an unchristian world, especially as we're sitting here in a pretty safe, uh, supportive, uh, supportive environment among, among familiar people with like beliefs. But there are so many examples in the scripture where Jesus and the prophets push us outside of our comfort zone. To preach the gospel means precisely this to participate with people who disagree with you. Some of you, some of you many of you, uh, have been called uh, to, to, to work in church, Christian organizations, NGOs, Christian education, uh, particularly the staff and faculty, but most of the rest of you uh, will not be called into that. Um, even if you have been called to work in Christian circles, it doesn't give you the permission to isolate yourself and, or your family from non-Christian or the secular public. We can slip into a mode that alienates ourselves in an exclusive Christian culture, 
And I think when we do this, uh, I think when we do this, we go against Christ's calling to preach or to be the gospel. When we live in a cocoon that protects us from the non-Christian world, two things happen. One, we fail to meet Christ's calling to engage the world. And two, our faith erodes because it's only strengthened by resistance, opposition, and challenges. An analogy, uh, a weight trainer only gets stronger when resistance strains the muscles. Muscles that are unexercised shrivel, weaken, and die. If you only talk to people who agree with you, you fail to recognize your own foibles, shortcomings, and narrow thinking. There are countless examples of this problem in North American churches. Arrogance, ignorance, and self-righteousness soon follow, surmounting to idolatry because we put our own sense of importance before God, above God. There are too many examples where we try to construct Christian apparatuses, apparatus uh, as a means of protecting ourselves in fear from outside corrupting influences. In becoming exclusionary, we go against the reason Christ came to save the world. Our calling is to engage the world. How are your choices a reflection of this? What are the reasons you're sending your kids to a private Christian elementary school? Um, Are you playing men's Christian hockey because you expect players to be more fair? That's not true, and you know it. You know what I'm talking about. I played Christian hockey for a couple years, and those guys are no more fair. (laughs) Uh, Of course, I'm lumping myself into that, too, so I recognize that. The same thing goes with with doing business exclusively with Christians. Are you missing an opportunity where where your faith can be present in public? This should lead you to ask uh, why you are here or why you're considering Tyndale. Personally, I think this is the value of Tyndale because you're confronted with these questions at this time. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to ask Um, how you will choose to live your life in response to your faith. Um, You may not be challenged to think critically uh, in other universities uh, like you are here. Uh, This university education of yours is a very important stage in your journey. So to conclude, uh, our calling from Christ is to live the gospel, especially where it's most needed. It's not a burden or a threat, it's, it's really an adventure that your education here is going to prepare you for. Struggles are a guarantee, but the commitment to Christ's calling to be the gospel in the world is the kingdom reward in itself. Remember this. Light can only shine effectively when it's in the dark. Thank you. Lord, thank you for our time. We pray for the opportunity, the courage, and the community uh, where we can uh, think and work critically together. Uh, Bless the people who have come to visit. Help them in their choices. And bless the students as we complete our way through summer school. In your name, amen.